1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson alongside Denard Walker. We hope you're having a great day so far. This week on the program, we're going to get into the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the past week. We're going to continue our series on breaking down the Titans draft class Today, we are discussing third-round pick running back Darrington Evans out of Appalachian State. But before we get started, do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories. Number three, for what you need to know about the Titans, this actually happened over a week ago, but we haven't had a chance to get to it on the show. But the Titans have released the numbers that the 2020 rookies will be wearing. And first-round draft pick Isaiah Wilson will be wearing number 79. Second round pick Christian Fulton, twenty six. Third round pick Darrington Evans, thirty two. Fifth round pick Laryl Merchinson, ninety one. Seventh round pick Cole McDonald will be wearing number two, and Chris Jackson number thirty five. Number two, the times and dates of Tennessee's preseason games have been released. All times are Eastern, and to get things started on Saturday, August fifteenth, the Tennessee Titans will be taking on the Washington Redskins in D.C. That game will kick off at 1 p.m. The following week on Saturday, August 22nd, the Titans are hosting the New York Giants. That game will begin at 7 p.m. Preseason week three on Saturday, August 29th, the Titans will be on the road in Tampa Bay taking on the Buccaneers, and that game will kick off at 6 p.m. And finally, for week four, the Titans are hosting the Bears on Thursday, September the 3rd at 7 p.m. And that is the times and dates for all four Tennessee Titans preseason games. And number one, Clowney watch continues and still nothing. Yeah, that's all I really got. That's it. Nothing's happened for Jadavion Clowney over the course of the last week as it relates to him having a new team for the 2020 season. But we will press on. And so let's get started for today. A need that we expected the Titans to address at some point in the draft And in the third round, they took Appalachian State running back Darrington Evans. Darrington is from New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Was really only a two-star prospect coming out of high school, but managed to get an offer from Appalachian State and contributed right away. And the Titans ended up using the 93rd pick in the third round to take Evans. Denard, I've asked you this about the first two, and I'm going to ask you this one as it relates to Evans. But what stands out... About his game to
1: you? Man, where do I start? You know, the guy's resilient. I've been watching film on him for the last two or three days. And every time I'm watching him play, I see something new that excites me. And the fact that he's only 21 years old, and you got to steal, basically, he's a gem, you know. And one of the things I love about him is he plays with a chip on his shoulders at all times. And just as you, you alluded to earlier about he was a two star recruit, that has a lot to do with why he's so passionate about the way he plays. Let me tell you something, man, when I watch a guy, people are always talking about, you know, the physical attributes. We know those guys have that. The question is, is what do you have the grit? Do you have resi- Are you resilient when you step on that field? And that's what I look at when I see Darrington. I see a guy that is hungry. And I think t- t- Titans fans should be excited. You got to steal at that third round, that 93 overall, this is probably one of the best unheralded backs that I've seen all year. He just plays in the Sun Belt Conference, so he doesn't get that much exposure as opposed to a guy in the SEC or the Big Ten, you know, one of those power conferences. But one of the things you love about him is he's 5'11", and he is strong. He runs with power. He plays with that grit. He has mental fortitude. He is as tough as they come, and I'm excited to see when he gets to Tennessee how he's going to be a complimentary back to Derek.
0: You know, Denard, you mentioned him playing in the Sun Belt, which isn't as prestigious of a conference as some of the other power Power Five conferences. But he was the reigning Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year this past season. And whenever I'm watching him, the main thing that stands out to me is he is so versatile and what you're able to do with him. And one of the things we've seen whenever you're looking at some of the guys that aren't necessarily starters at the NFL level right away. But can they come in and contribute on special teams? That's and the key. That he's is a the key. Electric kick returner. Uh, each year, he, in 2016, 2018, and 2019, he had to sit out 2017 due to an injury. But the other three years, he had a kickoff return for a touchdown in
1: all three of those years. Davey, you hit you hit it right on the nail. I'm telling you something. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna ask you a question right quick. Okay. Okay. Check this out. Name three players in this millennium who have rushed for at least 1,400 yards. They got at least five touchdowns and a kickoff for a touchdown in the same season. There's three guys.
0: Is this while they're in college?
1: Yes, while they're in college okay. in this millennium.
0: Okay. The other one, well, I know one outside of Darrington's one. I know that. But the okay. other one, another Titans running back is Chris Johnson. He did the same thing at East Carolina. You got it. Okay.
1: And there's one more. Are they
0: currently playing right now?
1: Yes. And he's lighting it up down in Carolina. Wow, McCaffrey. It's McCaffrey, man. <laughs> I just okay. gave it to you. Yeah. That's some good company to be in. That is. You're talking about two of the best backs. You're talking about McCaffrey right now, who is the standard right now in the NFL. They just paid him. They made him the highest paid running back in the NFL. I played with his dad, Chris Johnson. What did he do when he was at play with the Titans? CJ Exactly. Lit it up. And that's the same thing that I see in Darrington that explosiveness. So we know that right now, Derek's going to be the man. But you got a guy that can come in right now and be a great special team player for you. Then he can come in, not only spill Derek, but he'll be a great third down back. And the thing that I love most about him is that when he steps on the field, let me tell you something, out of all the running back, he was the ninth running back taken in this past draft. Who do you think had the fastest 40 time of all those backs taken in the 2020 draft? Okay, just
0: going to tip my hat. I looked this up beforehand, but I can't remember who was the fastest, but Darrington was the second fastest with a 4-4-1.
1: There you go. So you imagine bringing him in the game, and a lot of times you have a linebacker that usually have to account for that back on third downs. You imagine posting him up with a linebacker. Do you imagine how many wins that would be for the Titans to try to get the ball in, into his hands, knowing that how elusive he is? How electric he is when he gets the ball. Let, let me tell you that there's a game against South Carolina this past year, and he took on an RPO, and at the last second, the quarterback pitches the ball to him. Now, this was supposed to be a two-yard gain. Now, South Carolina has a good defense. That's an SEC-caliber defense that 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 he's going against. He took a two-yard gain and turned into 15 yards in a first down, which they were able to continue to sustain a drive. But one of the things that I noticed about him, I counted, I, I counted six Gamecock players basically bounced off of him. They couldn't tackle him. It wasn't that he was so elusive. It's the fact that he was so strong. That should tell you the power that he has. And I'm telling you something, when you get – when you get the ball in, in in his hands in open space, man, he can do he can do it all. I'm telling you, this is a guy right now that has the chance to come in, and if they use him right, which I know they will, he has an opportunity to compete for that rookie of the year. I promise you, he's that good right now, and he's 21 years old, and he's ready to go. He's only getting better.
0: Denard, you've talked about how electric of a player Evans can be, and you know me, I usually I just want to see what pro football focus usually has to say whenever you're looking at it from a statistic standpoint. You're alluding to Chris Johnson earlier. Chris Johnson, we know that he was able to be a home run threat every single play. For the past two seasons in college football, when it comes to runs of 20-plus yards or more, Darrington is third behind Travis Etienne of Clemson, who – He's probably going to be the first running back taken next year. Uh, he had 43 runs that, that long. Jonathan Taylor, who was a second-round pick this year, he had 30. Then he was tied – Evans was tied this year with Chubba Hubbard of Oklahoma State, both of them having 28 carries of 20-plus yards or more. Whenever you're looking at that, it just goes to show you, man, like, you can't give this guy an angle because once he's off, you're not catching.
1: That's that four-four-one that we're talking about. That's the speed. That's one of the things. That's, re- that's the reason that they run that 40. They want to see that explosiveness. But let me go some. We can talk about measurables all day. I know a lot of people get into the runs over 20. I know that's production and things like that. But you know what I like to do, Davey? I like to cut on that film. And when I'm able to – the reason that this guy went in the third round and when I talk about how good he is is the fact that When you put Darrington on that field, he's a whole different player. He's a whole new different player than anybody that I've seen so far. I know there's some great backs that you just uh, brought up, especially Travis Etienne, because he's been doing it consistent for about the past two years down in Clemson. But the thing that I love about Darrington is this. He has something that I like to look at when I look at backs and I judge him. I judge him, number one, on are they resilient? Because you know they're going to get knocked down at some point. The question is, is do you get up? And I talked about that play against South Carolina where he basically took on six guys. I'm talking about one guy versus six guys from the SEC. Because you know most of those guys are going to be playing in a league that come from places like uh, South Carolina, LSU, those places like that. SC, but that's where the he SEC. It but I, I think about, again, the explosiveness. I go back on film. Uh, they were playing UAB. And I'm going to tell you something. He looks just like Barry Sanders on one play. Now, you know, they run that zone scheme, that zone blocking scheme down at Appalachian State. So you know he's coming into a system that he's very familiar with. It's identical to what he's going to see when he gets to Tennessee. That's what he saw in Appalachian State. But one of the things that I noticed about him was his vision. You're always going to hear Coach talk about, when they, when they, they talk about describing what a great back has, they talk about his vision. When you talk about Walter Payton, they talk about his vision, his cutback skills. When you talk about Barry Sanders, when you look at him on film, he looks like a human joystick because he's basically making guys, you know, miss here, like a hit and miss. That's exactly what you saw when you watched Barry run was his vision. It's like he had eyes in the back of his head. That's the same thing as Darrington. There's one play against UAB, I kid you not. They, it's just a basic handoff to the right, a one cut. No, it turns into a two cut. He hits the hole basically switches direction, not even having to turn around, goes to the other side of the field completely on the other side and basically outruns the whole UAB team for about 40 yards. That's the explosiveness. Then when I really want to talk about toughness, is he tough? When you, come that, when you come in a game, are you going to be a blocker? Can you block? That's the main thing that they look when these guys are transitioning to the NFL is can they block, especially on third down? Because you got to sometimes pick up a blitzing linebacker that's coming to knock your quarterback out. So the question is, is when they bring him in the game on the third down, let's say to spill D, then all of a sudden, are you going to take, take that linebacker? What are you going to do? You know, how are you? That's one of the things when we looked at Walter Payton, how great he was. They will always show that one play when Walter picked up that linebacker at the last second, nearly knocked him out. That's what you want to see in a bat. Will he block? There's a play against uh, the University of Louisiana. I kid you not. It was a basic chip block. He nearly decapitated this defensive end. That's probably about 260, 280 pounds. Literally knocks this guy right on his face. And when I saw that, I said, this is basically a chip. He didn't basically just you know, going to the guy and exploding in him. It was just a basically chip box. A chip box is basically where a back will use his shoulder just to chip a guy to slow him down on that edge. He nearly knocks this guy out. And I'm telling you, my mouth went completely. I was just numb after watching him. That strength. But that's what he plays with. All of that, you got to account. When you are a two-star recruit coming out of high school, when you're the lowest ranked player in that 2016 class of Appalachian State's, you play with a chip on your shoulder, and that's exactly what I see every time I watch film on him. He plays with a chip on his shoulder like he has something to prove. And as long as you got a guy that's got something to prove, I mean, man, the upside for him is indescribable.
0: I'm glad you brought up the conversation of being able to play in pass protection Especially from the running back position, because I mean, when you're looking at the Titans, based off pro football focus, they use the running back more than any other team in the NFL when it came to being in a pass blocking situation. The team knows this, but a lot of fans, even though Deion Lewis, who is no longer with the Titans, had a lot of eh moments, he's just like, all right, this guy's kind of lost his edge. He just doesn't fit in very well. He was really good in pass protection. So I don't know if Evans will be able to come in right away and be able to take off where Lewis left off from that aspect of the game. But from watching his film, what I can see with Darrington is that even if he doesn't necessarily make the block, he at least knows where he needs to be, which is half the battle. Because like you've mentioned with him being in a outside zone based scheme, he's familiar with the system that's going to help. And so Darrington is at least going to have a step up on a lot of the competition when you're looking at other running backs coming into the NFL for their rookie season.
1: Yeah, well, that's why they took him so high. You know, they're not going to take a back that high if they feel like he's he can't come in right away and contribute. And I tell people all of this, when your number is called, you need to be ready. And one of the things they're gonna do when he gets into training camp, they're gonna go full, it's gonna be full tilt. They're gonna throw the playbook at him. That's what they do to rookies. They throw everything at you. So when you get on that field, you don't have to think as much. You just react. Because the worst thing you can do is think on a football field because things are happening too fast. He's able to process things very quickly. I think one of the things we didn't talk about was how smart he is. You know, yeah, we can talk about he was a 2019 Sun Belt Player of the Year, but guess what? He was also an academic scholar and he graduated early. That tells you he can process things very quickly. So he's very, very intelligent, he's very smart. And that's what you want to see. Can you pick up things really quickly? And, and I'm going to tell you something. That's something that I've noticed about him. See, a lot of people, they forget is that when he first went to Appalachian State, they actually thought about putting him at receiver because, that, because of the depth that running back. That's how versatile he is. So you know he can learn multiple positions. You can put him in different roles. You can, you can flank him out because he's so fast. When you run a 4-4-1, think about it. He's running faster than most of the receivers at the, at the combine. So there's so many packages, there's so many ways they can use him. And that's why I said the more versatile, the more you can do, it's basically, and the more productive that you can be, it's only going to help him at the end of the day. But he's that versatile of a player that I can line him in a slot, I can line him on the edge, on the outside as like a receiver. You're starting to see that with a lot of backs in this day and age, because guess what? Guess who has to count for him a lot of times? The linebacker. And that's the last thing that a lot a lot of linebackers want to do is to cover a back, especially a back that's running nearly a four three forty, a four four one. You matter. He even said it that he felt he can go four three. There's not a lot a lot of linebackers that want to go out there and cover man one on one. So that's why I said that his value is is so you can't measure that. And I think he is in a great system because when his role, everybody knows when Derrick is in the game that. 80% of the offense is going to go through Derek, But you imagine when you can put him in the game on a third down, or sometimes you can put both of those guys in the same backfield, flank him out, that creates mismatches. And that's the way the NFL works. It looks for the mismatches. And that's what he can create. And it, it can take a load off of Derek. You know, So I think this is a plus-plus for Tennessee. I think this was a, a steal in the third round.
0: One of the things that was interesting was, even though the coronavirus was able to cut short teams being able to get players to the facility to have the pre-draft interviews. Darrington Evans was one of, I think, like nine or ten players that the Titans actually were able to get to the facility before the shutdown happened. And so, I mean, when you're looking at that, that's something where you can tell, and and based off of just the familiarity with the type of system, that this was a really good fit from the beginning. And it was one of those things where, as you kind of saw, some of these running backs start fall off board. John Robinson, from a value standpoint, really did, take his pick where he thought all right this is where I can get him this is a really good value and so one of the things with the Tennessee Titans and how Mike Vrabel wants to build this team is we've seen teams that have a really great defense and they manage the clock and that's what the Titans did they're going to make the game ugly they're going to ground it out and you know what at the end of the day we might get a 14 to 10 win but all that matters is getting the W in the column one of the biggest things that Tennessee did later in the season that helped them do just that was limiting turnovers. And when you're watching Darrington Evans, he did not fumble it one time in college. So if you can continue that at the next level, you're already putting your team in a great position because a lot of times it's just who's going to make a mistake first. You don't have to be great on every play. You just have to not make a mistake. And if you can do that, then you're going to allow your team to have success. And that's one of the things that I really do like about this pick.
1: Man, you hit it right on it. You hit it again. I tell you what, when you ever notice when they bring up a stat at halftime, they always show two things, T.O.P., time of possession. If you have a team that have, have, say, like, if they got the ball more, let's say the time of possession is so important. Because if you got the ball for, you know, 40 minutes a game, that means your offense is on the field. And what does that do? It creates opportunities. What do we also see? We see penalties. But we also see turnovers. How many times have we saw teams that got six or seven turnovers, but they're losing the game? That's the key, is turnovers. And let me tell you something. He set a school record for most careers, most career rushes without a fumble. 482 career rushing yards without a fumble. Have you ever heard of anything like that? And you know what that tells you? He protects the ball. That's the main things that a running back coach and an offensive coordinator preaches protect the football because the worst thing that you can do is have that ball on the ground. That will absolutely drive you right to the bench. (laughs) That's it. I'm I'm telling you that will put you on the bench. I've seen guys basically could not hold on to the ball and they were gone the next day. That will drive a coach crazy. So you know that he's consistent on a daily, when he gets the ball in his hands, that's what you want. You want your offense to protect the ball at all times. And that's what he's been so good at. I mean, when you set a school record with that, with that many carries without a fumble, you love that, and that's something that you cannot coach. I mean, yeah, a lot of guys, all the great backs, they got something in common. At some point, they they have fumbleitis, and it's something that you can correct. But boy, when you bring in a young guy that you know that hey, this is his, this is a a strong attribute that he has, that's a plus for him. That's why I've, I've always said. You got to get your players on the field because they give you an opportunity to win. But when your players are fumbling a ball, creating or those penalties, that will absolutely get you beat every game. And that's something that in the NFL they will not tolerate. So again, that's a plus for Darrington that I love about him.
0: I was trying to find it. I one of the things to where you're you're usually looking at these types of guys. I was trying to think of some really good examples when I was watching his his highlights, which For for starters, sometimes, you know how they say it's better to be lucky than good? Right. I feel like with Evans, he constantly just found himself right around the ball where it needed to be. There was one play where the quarterback fumbled like what looked like they were trying to set up a quarterback sneak. And it just went right to Evans, and he's able to run it in for about a 25-yard touchdown. There's another play where it's on an onside kick. It just manages to go right to him to where a lane is opened, and he just takes the onside kick right in for a touchdown. And you just saw so many plays where he consistently found himself in a position to where just be smart here, and you're going to get six. The players that I I kind of thought coming out that reminded me of him, Trey Mason from 2014. Yeah, Trey Mason, Auburn. And the other one was uh, LaMichael James, 2012, was uh, the year he came out at Oregon. So both of those guys are that lightning fast guy that had really good vision in the backfield and you had to always account for him on every play because their speed allowed them to make every play a a touchdown
1: and that's that explosiveness that we're talking about is that every time this guy touches the ball every time Derrickton has the ball in his hands we know that he can create something he can generate momentum for an offense that's what you want you want electric players in your system that every time they have the ball we know every time Derek has the ball in his hands something can happen we're just anticipating or waiting to see when but we know at some point in that game he's going to do something big I remember when I was playing and I remember playing against Barry Sanders and you can prepare for Barry Sanders all day long you can study you can watch his footwork you can watch his hips you can watch number 20 you can watch the two. You can watch the zero. You can watch his helmet. You can watch his hands. You can try to prepare for him all you want to. But at some point, you know, as a defense, he's going to make a play no matter what you do. <laughs> and that's that it, it just it, it can break a defense when you can prepare for a guy and you feel like you have every little key that he, he does, every little, every little move, you, you got it down. But then he goes into a game and he does something that you never prepared for. That's what you get in Darrington. You don't know what you're going to get. You may get a power running back on a Sunday. This guy may break tackles. He may not try to be a guy that's going to uh, run around you. He's going to run through you. He may There may be one game they may use him more in, in a passing situation because he's so explosive and he can catch. We just talked about, you know, his hands, how electric he is. He, he can play receiver. You can put him in a slot. You don't know what you're going to get from him. That's when you know, as an offensive coordinator, I got a gem that I can use him in so many ways. He's so valuable. And that's what he brings to an offense. He, he just brings another element, another dimension that all defenses haven't seen. And what a great dimension if I can line the big man, big Derek up, and he's going to pound you. And then I bring in Darrington in, and he's basically, it's like thunder and lightning. You don't know what you're going to get, but you're going to get something. And what that's what you're able to do when you can do that on your offense is it keeps defenses off balance. You know, they don't know what to prepare for. It. And that's what you try to do to defenses. You, you try to keep them basically on edge. They don't know what's coming. And that's what they got with this one-two punch. That's why I said they got to steal that third round. I can't continue to say that, but he's just an electrifying player. I don't know what it is, but he's got that it factor. And there's something very special about him. I had a chance to play against Garrison Hurst uh, when he played at Georgia. A lot of people don't realize how great Garrison he was. He was a great player. But one of the things Garrison he had was not only was he explosive, he was powerful. So you try to go up and tackle a guy that was 215, 220, 220 pounds, You know, he'll just, you know, bowl you right over. But then sometimes he can put a move on you and break your ankles. That's the same thing with Darrington I see in him. He has those attributes that uh, Garrison had. And, man, that's speaking volume because for a long time, Garrison Hurst, before he started, you know, hurting his knees, you know, he was a great running back.
0: Denar, we've been going over a lot of the things that we really do like about Darrington's game. Now, obviously – there are a few issues that maybe made him slide a little bit down the draft board to be a third-round pick. When you're dealing with your first and your second-round picks, typically a lot less things to kind of pick at. What's something, if you're having to dissect
1: his game, you really see that he needs to improve? From watching the last, let's see, it's really just experience. You don't know how a guy's going to respond when he gets on the field. Okay, who would have thought, that a guy, a six-round draft pick out of Georgia by the name of Terrell Davis would be in the Hall of Fame. Did anybody see that coming? You don't know what you're going to get, but you know what a guy has. And when you have all those tools together, your job as a coach is to put everything together so when he gets on the field, he's not thinking about nothing. He's just going out there reacting and playing. And there's nothing that he has to work on. What he has to continue to do is fine-tune what he's already been given. I just said he's resilient. You think about playing with a chip on your shoulder. That's half of the battle. If you got the heart to go out there and do it, you got the will or the grit. It's going to get done at some point. That's what makes a player great, is what's inside of you. I can coach a guy, he's, he has fumbleitis, or maybe he's not hitting a hole, or, or I can teach you the playbook. But when you got grit, when you got a mental fortitude that you will not be denied, then the sky is the limit for anybody on that field. And that's what sets guys apart. Everybody there has the talent. They would not be there. They got the skill. That's a God-given skill that you have. The question is, it's like a pitcher coming to the game like a closer. and We're in the, what, the seventh game of the World Series. So the question is, is, yeah, I know you got a great arm, but do you get rattled when things go wrong? So that's the key. That, that's the one thing that we want to see. What happens if he does fumble? What's going to happen? Is that going to be like a trickle-down trickle effect, which is going to be like something that's going to create havoc down the line? Or is it something he's just going to bounce back and say, hey, I made a mistake, let's go. Because one thing they always teach you in the NFL is when you make a mistake, forget about it and move on. So that's the key. Yeah, he's going to make a mistake. He's young. That's going to happen. But the question is, how do you bounce back? That's the key.
0: One thing I'm interested to watch is, we've talked about it on the program before, but when you're looking at the Titans offense, they're bringing back 10 of the 11 starters from last season. And – the other guy is a guy who is already on the roster. When you're looking at it from a skill player position, the Titans have not added anyone they project will be a big-time player outside of Darrington Evans and taking him in the third round. So Arthur Smith is going into year two, and he's had all offseason to be drawing up plays for everyone we've seen before. So this is the first guy, really, that you're adding to the mix that is going to add a different element. To what the Titans already have as far as their playmakers and their weapons go on the offensive side of the ball. So that is one of the things that I just I am very interested to see what happens there. Is there anything else that you've seen from Evans that you kind of want to go ahead and talk about?
1: Like I said before, this guy's the whole package. You know, I'm not gonna say that about every guy because everybody's got some flaws to their game. But he has everything that you're looking for in a running back. Again. He did not get the exposure as opposed to, say, he played at Ohio State or he played at LSU or played at Georgia or Notre Dame. He plays in the Sunbelt Conference, so those guys do not get a lot of television time unless they're playing, let's say, Georgia or Notre Dame the first game of the season. You know, we, we, we see that constantly with these teams in the FBS, these lower levels uh, conferences. So he's kind of a hidden gem that nobody knows about. And the only thing that I would, tell, I would tell the Titans fans when it comes to this young man is be prepared to see something, a whole new different element to this offense. And that's what he's going to bring. And by him bringing a different element to the offense, this might get them over the hump in that one game, let's say like Kansas City last year. Again, that can be the difference between them losing and winning. It's just by having that one missing piece. And I think that's exactly why they took this young man in the third round is the fact that he might be this missing piece for this team to get down to Raymond James Stadium uh, when it comes Super Bowl time.
0: All right. We will see. I I mean, I'm I'm really interested. Obviously, whenever it comes to watching players, most fans typically gravitate towards the quarterback, the running backs, and the wide receivers. So this is the one player – out of the Titans draft that we actually expect will be on the field come Sundays this year. And on that note, we will wrap up today's show. We will continue our breakdown of the Tennessee Titans 2020 draft class next week, talking about fifth-round draft pick Laryl Merchinson, the defensive tackle out of North Carolina State. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You've been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll do it again soon.